This is the Overclocked Podcast, a regular dose of video game music and conversation from ocremix.org. This week, we return to the tundra with Daniel Rand's soundtrack to Beyond Skyrim, Bruma, meet up with our old Hal pal Kirby in an episode of The Big Ones, and keep the pink puffball rolling with an all-Kirby playlist. What a show, what a show it has been, Stephen. Wow, Brian, you're you're shameless. You're just you're <laughs> using our old nostalgic catchphrase to make people enjoy our program. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it is a bit odd that we're like we have a Kirby playlist and a Kirby segment <laughs> and an interview with Kirby composer Daniel Rand, who composed the music to his Skyrim mod. Thank and you not for Kirby. pointing out the inconsistencies <laughs> of this episode, Brian. I'll have you know that original plans were changed at the last minute. And yep. I had to throw a show together. <laughs> okay, I just want you to tie together Daniel Rand and Bruma and Kirby, and then it'll all work. Yeah, no problem. So um, this the soundtrack, as you will soon learn, to Beyond Skyrim Bruma, which is like an expansion pack, uh, unofficially like a mod to Skyrim. Um, the whole soundtrack is somber and dark and thinking about the past. And Kirby music, everything is happy, upbeat, and looking towards the future. It's like a dramatic opposite. So your only defense of how um, disparate the show is is that it's so disparate it becomes a theme. Correct. And if you think that that was poorly done and this is a bad episode, I invite you to head over to our survey that we recently put out. <laughs> so you, can, <laughs> you can explain your complaints there. But no, seriously, we did put out a survey. Um, yeah. Yeah, you can go over to Twitter, find our handle, OCR Podcast. Um, and we would really, really appreciate you giving a little bit of feedback. It doesn't take that long. Just a few minutes. Scroll down, click on some things, um, create some pie charts. <laughs> and we'll give you money. Um, we won't give you money, but oh. you know what we're raffling off this time? Money? No, it, we're raffling off the chance to pick a, a playlist episode. Oh, that's just as good as money. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that'd be fun. In fact, you could choose the theme to be money. That is true. Unfortunately, people would only submit every single... Uh, installment of the warioware franchise <laughs> exactly or like um shop themes those could work well then brian go fill out the survey and maybe right. we'll pick your show theme all right okay well let's jump into the actual episode then isn't that what we usually say that is what we usually say because we're gonna start with the remix rewind a rundown of the latest from ocremix.org Happy Times Are Back Again is Weisty's way of making the world a little brighter with a song in his heart and a mallet in hand. This jaunty jam comes to us courtesy of Window to the Stars, OCR's Super Mario RPG album, and these are some happy times you'll marimba forever. pronunciation of OCR newcomer Synesthetics might be rough, but their shimmering mirror's edge mix is smooth start to finish. Far Away makes its way through a city of sound, alighting on one rooftop then another, watching the electronics steadily unfold.
Okay, first things first. Get your Samba hat. Go, find it. Now put it on. No, put it on. Put on that Samba hat and dance. Because Boar Hat has a rip-roaring live big band explosion of Sonic the Hedgehog 3 called Samba Del Anjos. If it sounds like a jazz festival out there, that's because it is. Recorded fresh from the source, like a zesty chili dog served just right. Sonic music, Leandro Abreu and company bring us Springtime Smoothness, a chill and expertly performed rendition of Spring Yard Zone. If you want to feel smooth, listen to those melting electric keys. If you want to feel fresh, check out that peppy trumpet. And if you want to feel cool, this heck of a bass line has you covered. is that? Yep, it's even more funky Sonic music. Though this one has an edge to it. And like Sonic himself, it's an edge that's impressively speedy and controlled. Leandro and his gang are back, but organ and guitar take the lead here in a more shredding and aggressive take on the blue blur. Thank you. 
Now here's an interesting one. A composer arranging his own work. Stamsaris composed the soundtrack of Line Defense and brings us Reversing the Alien Attack, a remix from his own game. Created for a major update, this is one remix that may actually make it into the game itself. Meanwhile, we can enjoy the slow build-up, gripping synths, and disquieting sense of atmosphere that builds itself through the composition. and more, head over to ocremix.org. Welcome back to the Intune interview. It's that part of the show where we do an interview. Man, this is getting redundant at this point. I'm Steven. I'm your usual host. And I always say I'm excited about these interviews, I guess, but this one particularly so because we're going to be talking about one of my favorite soundtracks from 2017 and one that I actually haven't heard a lot of people talk about before. Um, I've got Daniel Ran here, who uh, composed the soundtrack to Beyond Skyrim, Bruma. I guess first and foremost, I'm still a web developer. That's what I do I spend most of my time doing. But, well, beyond Skyrim. Trying to think how to abbreviate that tale because it started almost ten years ago now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. So you've been sort of involved in this for a while. Yeah, since the very start. But um, this was just around, but just after Skyrim was released, way back in 2011. And we were waiting for the creation kit to launch, which is the tool the modders use to add content to the game. And there was a discussion, I think it was in the official Bethesda forums, about creating this huge, ambitious project to recreate the other lands of um, Tamriel in the Skyrim engine. Right. There was a previous incarnation of um, the same kind of project called Beyond Cyrodiil, for the last game so um, well that name was more or less inherited and uh, the Beyond Skyrim thing they had their forums created at an internet community that I was an admin at at the time and I'm still managing it Uh, it's called Dark Creations so I was around Beyond Skyrim since the very start and for a long time it was just that it was just managing the community administration side of things but um, right. they knew that I was a composer. I'd made well two soundtracks previously for Elder Scrolls mods. Eventually, they started to I guess, see me as a composer in addition to just being the admin guy. Another composer from the same community, uh, I think the most prolific one, he made uh, an astounding amount of music, uh, Jacques Guerra. He, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, he had made uh, a soundtrack for... Cyrodiil in the early days and the project was going through um, kind of a renaissance, they had some leadership changes, membership changes uh, Zhao and I, we decided to work together on uh, refreshing the soundtrack a bit, making some new stuff and a few tracks in I don't know if this was a couple of weeks or a couple of months, that Zhao actually left to um, join an independent game studio called Druid Gameworks 
So from that point on, he couldn't contribute much to Serial. So then it was just me. And I'm not quite sure how or why that happened, because I'd never intended to become that involved. I'd always liked music, but there was an aspect to the the size of this modern project that was uh, a bit intimidating for me. You essentially scored an entire Elder Scrolls game. There's as much music here as there is like in Skyrim. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think Skyrim itself has about four hours total music, and uh, Bruma clocks in just over three. So yeah, it, it turned out way bigger than I thought it would. The last soundtrack I'd made for a mod called Black Marsh, at that point I felt I was still struggling a bit with myself as a composer and what direction to take. So when I'd gotten into um, Serial and made a, a few tracks, I felt, I guess, ready is the word. So I felt like I was about to do what I'd been meaning and wanting to do with the past two soundtracks, but now I'd I'd made enough mistakes and screwed up enough that I, I knew what was going <laughs> yeah. on. So I had it in mind almost completely before we even started. And um, because the structure of an, an Elder Scrolls soundtrack is, is quite reliable, it's quite simple. Soul has this um, format that he uses with different types and lengths and... Uh, it's very. It's a framework that's very easy to work in once you understand it. And uh, since I'd spent so much time um, working on it already, then it felt quite natural to just get into it. Each Elder Scrolls game sounds a little bit different than the other ones, at least to me. You had the curious, adventurous sound of Morrowind. the more sweeping and pastoral Oblivion. and the lonely, freezing sound of Skyrim. Did you have a strong idea about both what the creators of the mod and what you wanted to get out of the soundtrack?
yes, because I was rather enamoured by um, some of the themes that they were working on for Cyril. Because in the in the timeline when Scarum takes place, Cyril is this. Um, it's it, it's like a broken, shattered place. I think it's encapsulated best by the um, one location, uh, Cloud Ruler Temple, which was an important right, place right, right. in uh, the last game in Oblivion. And now, in this time, it's just a ruin. That uh, that sadness and the lost empire thing, I, I really liked that theme from the start. So I felt that, well, okay, let's take the sort of generic orchestral sound of Oblivion and just darken it a bit, make it more morose and melancholic. Skyrim also, I feel, has a very um, wandering, melancholy mm. soundtrack to an extent. Uh, so I, I can see where the bridge came between Cyrodiil and Skyrim. And, you know, we haven't even talked about this yet, but what is your own experience with Elder Scrolls games? Well, I, I suppose that's where it's a bit ironic, because I don't particularly like the Elder Scrolls games myself. Uh, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I would genuinely claim to love Morrowind, and I play that game for a rather large amount of hours. But I thought Oblivion, um, Oblivion didn't, it didn't, didn't appeal to me all that much. Skyrim, I thought, um, it was more of a a romp. I didn't feel it was as profound as the Morrowind or even as um, even as Oblivion. But when you're running around killing dragons, it's a different kind of feel, but it's still a very good one, I believe. It can be much more of a rousing adventure. It's perhaps more well-made than the other games. But um, interestingly, although I absolutely adore the Elder Scrolls games, they're some of my absolute favorites. Um, I pretty much agree with everything you said entirely. Morrowind <laughs> is my favorite, especially with world design and music. And Oblivion just didn't age that well for me. Um, it kind of, kind of bounced off it in the end. But I do love Skyrim. So uh, I guess all that said, um, w once you knew that this is going to be your task and you're going to be making this essentially expansion pack to Skyrim, yeah. um, what was your process like? Well, you know, that varies from track to track because sometimes okay. you'd have this, or oh, I'd get this idea and I'd get excited about it and I'd feel like okay, I really want to work on this. But at the same time, the... The score has a format. It needs certain pieces. So sometimes I had to decide to make a track, not because I had this interesting idea, but rather because it was needed. Did you ever run into a situation where you had an idea that just wasn't close enough to Jeremy Soule's original work and it, it didn't fit? <laughs> uh, as it happens, um, it actually made it into the final cut, but the track um, of Storms and Half-Light... It, um, I think it turned out to be one of the most popular tracks in the score, and it came closer than any other track to being discarded. I think I decided to discard it several times, but I brought it back anyway because I was worried about the, the main melody, the central chorus theme, being I don't know, not appropriate or just risky. Yeah, the, the, the track that what you're describing right now kind of reminds me of is actually Wilder Hearts. Because oh, yeah. there's something about the repeated melody that comes in soon in the beginning that doesn't quite remind me of what Jeremy Soule would do just personally. And I actually love that because one of the fun things about listening to the soundtrack as someone who has listened to just hours and hours and hours <laughs> of Elder Scrolls music. It is Morrowind is my favorite soundtrack ever, actually. Um, is that it's all so familiar. I'm sort of like awestruck at how like oddly well it fits into what I'm used to, but then things will surprise me. Yeah, um yeah, Wilder Hearts is a good example of that. Um That one was all about the Celeste sound 
in the beginning, something that came up whilst I was improvising. And um, I wasn't sure about that one either. When, when I um, make a track that I feel might not be appropriate, I, I would describe it to the others as a risky track. And ironically, those are the ones that tended to be uh, the more interesting ones because they, they stood out. Even though they weren't quite like what Jeremy Soule himself would do, they were similar enough to that and my own style. I think they, they fit an interesting niche in them. And uh, that said, you had a lot of material to work with from Elder Scrolls. It was, I would assume it was tempting to use a lot of those direct melodies and kind of reference them a lot. Is that something you tried to limit or did you want to include a lot of that? It was. I was always in two minds when it came to how much of Soul's material I should use in a um, largely unmodified manner. Because, um, of course, when you think about what Beyond Scarum Serial is, I mean, you go back to Serial that has a, a musical score that people remember. There's some themes that are very popular and of course, that means people are going to ask, you know, where's this track? Where's this track? I see lots of comments from people saying, well, you didn't include my favorite one in the soundtrack. <laughs> you didn't include the entirety of Morrowind's soundtrack. I'm never listening again. <laughs> Sorry I left that yeah. comment 18 times on SoundCloud. <laughs> when it comes to using um, Soul's themes, I didn't want to go overboard and just copy stuff. I was I was trying to treat it as though I was a composer going to a franchise that had a long-standing tradition. So it needs to still be similar, and it needs to have some of the most popular melodies, of course, but it can't just be a carbon copy. And it also needed to um, reflect me primarily, and not just be uh, me trying to write like soul because that's not going not gonna to be particularly interesting. Because I have heard people attempt to imitate my favorite musicians and artists. And if you get too close, you reach the uncanny valley. I, this is a project that could have easily done that. I and mean, I think I'm, the one reason I'm so impressed is because for me, uh, it managed to avoid that almost entirely. And speaking of the uncanny valley, Jeremy's soul is a master of that because he creates so much of his music with um well just digitally <laughs> like he doesn't do a lot of live recordings especially back in like the you know morrowind days um how did you tackle that well as happens the only live bit in the soundtrack is the choir in noxatra everything else is sampled You know, there, there was a time when I wanted to be a composer for a living, and if I'd stuck down that route, maybe I would have been in a more in a world in a network where with musicians. Right. But I went another route, so yeah, all I really have is some um, people I can collaborate with online. I don't know any musicians in real life. As interesting and unavoidably amazing as it would have been to work with a real live orchestra and soloists and put that together that's not something I had a, the opportunity to do for this soundtrack sure um, it's, it's pretty awesome that you're able to get so much of this done so convincingly without it but how did the um, Noxatra uh, choir thing happen? Um, one of the modders just out of the blue um, said that he was in a choir down in Italy, and the director was interested in working with um, me on the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. We exchanged a few emails, and I'd had this idea from from quite a while before, um, two or three years, this um, piano improvisation that I'd made and liked. But I also knew that in order to realize it, I would need a live choir. I would not be able to do it justice with uh, the sample libraries I have. Yeah, that's hard to fake. Just the um, the consonants and getting the the words sounding real. But um, he was um, he was very receptive. Um, the director Sandro and I 
created some sheet music, some simple sheet music for the idea, and um, he and his choir actually made um, a first just test recording on his um, mobile phone. I really liked just hearing that melody being sung by a, a properly directed choir, so I worked on the melody a bit. Uh, originally the piece was going to have um, a different melody for the verses, but instead I settled for the the evolving version where it starts out really simple and gets faster and com more complicated as it goes along. The lyrics, um, one of the other choir members, uh, Francesco Busti, offered to write some lyrics for the melody in Latin, which uh, came out really well. So that combined with um, Sandro's directing, they made a recording, sent it to me, and I added it to a, a sequence, and that's not Xatra. <laughs> How was the music um, implemented? Did certain areas play certain songs, or, or was it randomized? We did it the way Soul's done it, which is to have a, a set of suites, essentially. So we've got the Exploration Suite, which plays outside, and it's separated into day and night. And then we have... Um, tracks they're playing in Bruma, so city tracks for day and night. We have a few other special tracks of so Cloud Ruler Temple and uh, Frostcrag Spire. They have their own tracks, mm -hmm. but outside of that, yeah, they'll play it from these um, randomized playlists. Okay, yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, you know that, so you've got Exploration Day and Night, you've got Combat Tracks, of course, mm. and something we didn't mention earlier, but you guys also went the extra mile and made some bard songs. Oh, of course. <laughs> A storm gathers darkly, the skies cry our names. We scramble to safety, our sails up in flames. But Captain, he tell us to hold. He said the storm will carry us home. I mean, talk about having a commitment to following Jeremy Soul's style. Like, these are some proper bard songs. And if I'm not mistaken, isn't it Zhao who does the singing? Yes. On the soundtrack release, he does the singing. In-game, we have um, one of the voice actors doing it. Oh, that's interesting. Now, the bard songs, um, they were fun more than anything. Uh -huh. But I, I didn't plan to make any bard songs. I just had these ideas come up from time to time and I'm I'm not a songwriter especially a, a bard like song with a medieval flair but just the opportunity because I'm we, having Zhao so having a, a singer there to perform tracks and a, a reason to make these songs I, I think the bard songs they turned out to be perhaps what I like most about the score because they were such fun to put together that's awesome Did so did you do all of the um lyric writing as well as composition yeah i had um uh, Zhao give me pointers on some of the tracks from time to time but yeah they're they're my creations <laughs> and, and were you able to like tie it into game story or lore or, or any of that some of them yeah fades away is about the fall of the empire one night i had a dream I woke from tears and screams. Then we have, um, what's it called, Hero of a Song, which is about the dragonborn, sort of. I don't know if Melvin of Skingrad would count 
A long time ago, near a city called home, was born quite the scoundrel, a boy full of storm. Sir Melvin of Skingrad of glory and fame, our hero and saviour, but only in name. Skingrad was a city in Cyril, and the mm-hmm. modders are actually implementing, I believe, um, Melvin's grave somewhere around Skingrad in the full version. Oh, very good. <laughs> Melvin of Skingrad is a fun one, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I figured we needed a, a Ragnar the Red kind of joke song. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we buried our Melvin with glory and fame As hero and saviour, not only in name All things being equal, his blight was our fault He saved us from nothing but stole all of our hearts. Uh, but before we wrap up, maybe you could let us know what you're working on right now, if you can talk about any of that. Well, we are working on the full version, so there's going to be the whole of Serial next time, and not just Bruma. The team has learned a lot from making Bruma. It was a learning experience more than anything else, and now, mm-hmm. you know, battle-hardened and ready to just carry on. That's super exciting. I've been wanting to jump back into Skyrim a lot recently, and this makes me way more excited <laughs> to do that. Well, this raid is going to be out before the next Elder Scrolls game is, so... <laughs> I can't wait. That that sounds super fun. Um, where can people find your music and more about the uh, Beyond Skyrim project and Beyond Cyrodiil, too? Well, I upload all my music to SoundCloud, and I should be uploading some of it to YouTube as well. And... Mm-hmm. I suppose there's some stuff on my website, danielrand.com, that's more or less relevant, some blog posts about music. And um, as for Beyond Skyrim, I mean, they have a whole bunch of stuff online now, that they as in the whole collaboration. So I think actually just Googling Beyond Skyrim and checking out the Facebook and Twitter, and they've also um, still got some stuff happening on dark creations which is just darkcreations.org. um thanks a lot dan it was a pleasure having you here yeah it was really fun thank you for inviting me you're very welcome and hopefully we'll have you back on in the future and now we're gonna head back to the rest of the show welcome to the big ones a look at popular game music and what makes us so loved this week is all about the insanely happy soundtrack of kirby superstar there are few games that quite scream happy like Kirby does. From the simple smiling pink circle mascot to the food and candy themed worlds, the series is always fun and silly. It's also one of the few Nintendo franchises to stay primarily in 2D despite the massive shift to 3D in the late 90s. The HAL Laboratory has always managed to keep Kirby fresh and fun despite the gameplay being pretty similar in the different games, and the music is a huge part of that. Kirby Superstar is the fourth mainline Kirby game, following Kirby's Dream World 1 and 2 for the Game Boy, and Kirby's Adventure on the NES. Like many Kirby games, it released at the end of its console's life cycle, which was the case for the SNES in 1996, but this means the developers can brace all the advances made since the system's launch. Like many HAL Laboratory games, Superstar was composed by Jun Ishikawa, with some tracks by Dan Miyakawa. Many of the themes present in Superstar came from Ishikawa's previous games, but Superstar takes and evolves these themes using the Super Nintendo's capabilities, and also introduces some new classic themes. Halavatory is also the studio behind Super Smash Bros., and while that series is a combination of basically everything Nintendo, Kirby has an especially strong influence that I'll point out throughout the episode. Green Greens is probably the most reiterated theme in the Kirby series, so it's a perfect way to start. Green Greens goes back to the first Kirby, Kirby's Dreamland. Superstar rendition is almost exactly the same as the Game Boy version, just with a little more audio fidelity. 
It's a really simple melody and the whole loop is under 30 seconds, but it's fun and driving enough that you can hear it many times in a row without getting tired of it. Crystal Field and Mystery Paradise is kind of a reinterpretation of Green Greens. It makes the whole thing far more royal and grand with a simulated orchestra. It sounds more like a castle scene from a Final Fantasy game than a Kirby game. And that's one facet of Kirby that I love. The game's goofy and cute, but a lot of the music is dead serious, making the music kind of the straight man to the gameplay and settings funny man. The biggest song to come out of Superstar is Gourmet Race. It's driving and kind of self-serious sounding despite the silly tuba and syncopated drum lines. I love the B section where the same repetitive line keeps happening but move down and readjust it. This track has been reiterated in just about every Kirby game since, and in a bunch of the Super Smash Bros. games, the most noteworthy rendition being Fountain of Dreams from Melee. The A and B sections have motifs that get elaborated upon in many of the tracks in the game, so let's take a look at a few. The Great Cave Offensive is a kind of slow and inspiring reinterpretation of the B section of Gourmet Race. It almost sounds like something out of Final Fantasy VI. It's amazing how taking the exact same melody and chords, but reorchestrating it and slowing it down can completely change a song. And it has an original B section, further deviating from Gourmet Race. Peanut Plane is another remix of the B section of Gourmet Race. It feels a lot more like the original version, but a touch slower. wonder if this was the first draft of what would later become Gourmet Race, as it's a little bit less polished while still being fun. A surprise I got listening through the soundtrack came through the track Save Hut. It's a calm and peaceful melody, a far cry from the frantic drums and oompa rhythms in the rest of the game. And what's more, this track is reiterated in Super Smash Bros. Melee, in the rest areas during All-Star Melee. Kirby Superstar is among the best Kirby soundtracks. It builds upon and expands the great themes and feel the Kirby games have. Plus this game's really a package with a bunch of games in one, so if you don't like one of them you can always try another. It's also not an especially difficult game, but it is cute and fun all throughout. 
Kirby Superstar also got a remake on the DS called Kirby Superstar Ultra, which features almost the exact same music but with a little higher fidelity that the DS could provide. But no matter how you listen to the music, it's hard to listen to without having a big dumb smile on your face, and it's well deserving of being considered among the best SNES soundtracks. Thanks for listening, and listen well. Okay, now you can say it. What a show. What a show, Steven. But I mean, honestly, you can't get a much more me episode than that. Yeah. I mean, Elder Scrolls music, Kirby music. What is the next episode going to be an Animal Crossing Sonic combo? Wait a second. <laughs> I'm going to go get on that right now. <laughs> All right. And while you're doing that, I shall direct people to check out more awesome remixes and albums and stuff at www.ocremix.org. And if you want to find us on Twitter, it's not far away. It's OCR Podcast. And you can also find uh, uh, our survey. Yeah, and our Discord channel, all on there. Oh, good point. And if you want to email us, email us at podcast at ocremix.org. You can do all of that using the internet. Mm-hmm. Okay, before we head out, I'd also like to throw a thanks out to Dan for that very nice interview, which was like really a special one to me because I've been listening to that soundtrack dozens of times since it came out yeah and i finally got to ask him uh, all sorts of questions about it yeah I'm, I'm super impressed by that so dan if you're listening uh you made like a soundtrack that stands up there with the elder scrolls soundtracks and those are some of my favorite soundtracks out there so amazing job i was so impressed with that thing i really tried hard not to spend the whole interview doing that <laughs> yeah well see i don't have to be you know i don't have to have professionality and come up with good questions i can just gush because i'm not actually interviewing him that is precisely the case but also no slouches matthew who did a delightful segment about my delightful friend kirby how delightful yeah it's pretty delightful man speaking of kirby and delightful it's time for the playlist <laughs> The Playlist is a weekly collection of listener-submitted recommendations so we can all discover music together. This week's theme is... Kirby Music! Hellbird from Kirby's Epic Yarn and submitted by Square Evil. from the Kirby Cafe and submitted by Black Doom.
DDD3 from Kirby Planet Robobot and submitted by Jeremy. from Kirby Triple Deluxe and submitted by Bastion Golem. The Savior of Dreamland, originally from Kirby Superstar, remixed by Juan Madrano, and submitted by Systems Ready. 
Rainbow Resort from Kirby's Adventure and submitted by Viking ZX. Green Greens from Kirby's Dreamland and submitted by John. Factory Investigation from Kirby and the Rainbow Curse and submitted by Planarian Hugger. Fluffball Rampage, originally from Kirby Superstar, remixed by Demons and submitted by Demons. Castle of Cake from Kirby's Dream Course and submitted by Carlos.
You've been listening to the Overclock Podcast. Next week's playlist is Shop Themes, a.k.a. Money. That's right, I got my way. To submit your suggestions, or just say hi, hit us up on Twitter at OCR Podcast. Email us at podcast at ocremix.org or visit us on the forums at ocremix.org. This week's lyrical wisdom, a storm gathers darkly. The skies cry our names. We scramble to safety, our sails up in flame. But Captain, he tells us to hold. He says the storm will carry us home.